Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Summit County HealthCast. I am here today with Aaron Newman, who is our pretty new mental health and substance abuse coordinator. How are you doing today, Aaron? Good, good. Yeah, week four, so not quite pretty new anymore. <laughs> kind of new. You still have that new substance abuse and uh, mental health coordinator smell, though, right? <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, we did a media tour when you first were hired and we've kind of had a whirlwind of stuff going on. And I know you've been in a ton of meetings, so a lot of people should be familiar with you. But for those who aren't, why don't you give us the rundown? My name's Aaron Newman. I've been here in Summit County for over 10 years as a full-time resident. And during that time, I started to notice there are issues happening in the community that were very similar to what I experienced while I was working in higher education. For almost 20 years, I served as a dean and director, um, working with students that really were at risk. They had either substance abuse issues, mental health issues, or other academic issues, and working with them to find ways that we could really help them be successful on the college setting. In doing that, I worked really closely with our crisis intervention teams, which were, depending on the campus, everywhere from licensed clinicians to the campus police departments, or just resident assistants, students trained in mental health and substance abuse, to really be able to be that crisis response, that when we have someone who's experiencing those extreme levels of stress, whether it be from uh, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, or just alcohol abuse and drug addiction, we could then work with them to attempt to find help and get them connected to the resources. I want to make it clear, I'm not a licensed practitioner. I merely served as that frontline responder, much in the way that you would see a police officer or a firefighter reporting. Our goal was to stabilize the situation and then to help those individuals go to the professionals for help. So you mentioned that you have experience as a dean and also in teaching. Where are some of the different places you've worked in some of those experiences? Uh, my first, first position was as a residence hall director and then director of housing at a little school in Kansas City called Rockhurst University. Great, great environment. I actually learned a lot in that position. Um, that's really when you're, you're dealing in housing, you see students alone for the first time in their life in a lot of cases and having to deal with a whole bunch of issues, everything from you, you hear it, homesickness, that really does happen to college students, to just having freedom and never being exposed to all the different drugs and alcohol that could be there. I've worked with students that were using cocaine, alcohol was always prevalent, marijuana, heroin, the whole gambit of date rate drugs. And in that situation, you, you learn to, to have empathy for the students, but then also every solution is going to be different and unique. That then set me up for uh, moving over to St. Joseph's College in Indiana, where I did pretty much the same thing there for a while. There it was a little different. We were dealing a lot more with uh, methamphetamines, just given to the nature. I like to describe the campus. It's surrounded by cornfields on three sides <laughs> and a road with a cornfield on the other side. And in that situation, we saw a lot of those. We saw more of the meth, but then also alcohol addiction was really kind of in your face and frontward. From there, I went to uh, Aurora University in Chicago, New England College in uh, New Hampshire. 
than Weber State out here where I served for the last eight years. Great, 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 right? Exactly. Yep, go Wildcats. Um, had an incredible time. In fact, I'm extremely excited. I saw that you did an interview with one of my former students, Aaron Bergen. Yeah, we had uh, him on uh, last week's episode, actually. That's what it was. It, it's amazing. The students that we I worked with up there, it was a very different set of crisis needs, just given Utah and the predominant cultures. But then also seeing these students make these recognitions and forming their own nonprofits. As an educator, it's so incredible to see one of my students doing that. So Aaron, if you're listening, great job. And he, he was a great interview and the stuff he's doing with Suicide Sucks is really mm -hmm. groundbreaking and a really unique approach to suicide prevention, I think. It is, and it's something that really we're seeing, at least anecdotally for myself and from other uh, people in the field, we're seeing more and more suicide attempts happening. And I think there's, again, this is, I haven't seen any data on this, but my own personal belief, having been in the trenches as it were, as we're getting more and more students that have never had that chance for personal interaction, they're, they're living their whole life cyber, in the cyber world. When they're getting confronted with these real life adult issues, they can be very traumatic for them or that they've had mental illness and because they're engaged in that online world, it just wasn't recognizable and it wasn't out as available for a diagnosis. And that was something we talked a minute about with Aaron was just the difference between kind of the face that people put on and show on social media compared to what's going on in real life. I actually just read an article a couple days ago that compared the, it was the top phrases on Facebook and the top search terms on Google related to husbands. And the top three on Facebook were, my husband is my best friend, my husband is so cute. And then the top uh, Google results for kind of the same criteria were, why is my husband such a jerk? Or just different <laughs> things like that. They were completely black and white issues. Oh, yeah. And it really illustrates the point that you're saying is that we show people one thing, but we, they don't see the mundane day-to-day -day mm -hmm. or the bad that's going on. And so we start comparing ourselves and get that comparisonitis, thinking that everyone else's life is perfect and we're the only ones that have issues, when really that's not the case. No, and you bring up a great point too. Um, an incredible documentary you can watch on YouTube in, in spurts, but... There's an actor I've always enjoyed. His name's Stephen Fry. He's a British actor. Most people know him as Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, he was in V for Vendetta and lots of other Sherlock, movies. Sherlock, the second Sherlock. That's right. He he's was. on a TV show now, too. I didn't realize the that. The Great Indoors, I think it's called. Okay. He's someone that you think, you always see him, and he's happy, go-getting, really funny. And he has severe depression, manic depression. And he created this documentary series that took place, I want to say, in early 2000s. And they're redoing it now as a follow-up. Where he shared about an incident where he had just finished filming some one of these incredible shows he had been hosting. Goes home and just instantly that switch is turned and goes into depression. So severely that he disappears completely. And wow. in, in the documentary, he talks about been I'm, I can't remember the time frame, but I think it's been like two weeks, and they're searching all over for him in England. He's in France, just ignoring life. Honest, this and well, let me back up. He went to France because he tried to kill himself in his car in his garage, and at the last moment, he's like, well, "What am I doing?" And then he left, went to France, and didn't realize that anyone even cared that he was gone until he sees on the front page Stephen Fry missing <laughs> search right. happening. And from that point, he realized bipolarism, manic depressive, all these different things were things you couldn't talk about. And he started this whole movement of, we need to make people more aware of it. Because just like him, you never would have thought 
right. that he had these issues because mm-hmm. he would be this one face anytime someone was around, but when he was by himself, a completely different individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a good friend who is bipolar and is the exact situation. Only reason anyone really know he's bipolar is because he shared it with me, and I've seen the switch happen, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. It, it's like going from zero to a thousand when it does happen. When he's in that manic state of euphoria and absolutely right. loving it, I mean, life of the party can go for three days, right? And then the switch happens, and then you won't hear from him for about three weeks, mm-hmm. and you have to go really work hard to find him. So I think going back, long-winded answer to kind of going back to reiterate your point that yeah it's hard to see if someone where they really are with the mental state it's not like you see in a lot of movies where it's the goth kid in the dark room right with the music playing it's it's much more subtle and it could be anyone it could be the athlete the cheerleader the smart kid mm-hmm. it, it could be anyone yeah it, it really is there's no for the average individual there's no way to really predetermine who's going to have an episode or who's not so we've talked a little bit about your background, some of your experience in mental health and education. What got you, uh, this is sort of obvious, but what drew you to applying for this position here as the uh, coordinator? I have to give some of that blame to my father <laughs> um, in a good way. Really, this was back in February. I came by his house. I was gonna, we were going to have lunch together, being the good son, you know, right, checking yeah. out on the parents. <laughs> and he's like, well, hey, there's this event happening over at the hospital talking about mental health. Let's go to that instead. I'm like, yeah, thanks for coming, that. by the way. Appreciate it. <laughs> Glad I did. <laughs> um, and so we, I showed up there and really it was the two things that I took away. One, the problems being discussed are not unique. They're what I've seen on campuses in other communities I've mm-hmm. lived. What was unique is the fact that the community was coming together to address the issue and to find community-based solutions. Mm-hmm. When I heard that there would be a position coming up helping with that and looking at the strategic planning, I realized that, you know what, that's a great fit for my skill set. And I'm a firm believer that if you're going to do something, you need to have more than I want the paycheck or I want it on my resume. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I've experienced personally and then with students far too many incidents of mental health issues and more specifically suicide. Um, it's something that really hits home for me. Um, And so seeing that and seeing that this wasn't just one agency, one individual trying to make the change. You had the buy-in from the school districts, the healthcare system, the Summit County itself, Park City itself, people putting money into it, groups like Connect, all being part of this was really empowering. And something that I, I, I left that meeting really kind of thinking, this is exciting. There's a sense of hope here that we can actually affect a positive change when it comes to these topics. And I want to be part of that. And now you are. So why don't you tell everyone, you've hit the ground running. You've just been <laughs> completely busy every day since you've started. So Thanks to you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. And I, I know personally, I'm definitely glad you're on board. It's been it's been a crazy ride the past few months, but we're seeing some real progress, and I, which is encouraging. We are. And, and I, can't, I can't take a lot of that credit. A lot of the work had already begun. And that was the case even before the health department really got involved as well. Mm-hmm. I just want to mention that. that This has been going on for, in some cases, many years, but kind of the core of this with Connect and some other organizations well over a year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, 
that's incredible that we're at that point. So what's nice for me, part of my role is making sure that we still have everyone at the table, that we're getting all these groups that are working on this idea or this idea. Example, just this week I found out that there were three different groups working on how to deal with PTSD with firefighters in the county. So now how, let's bring them all together and see how we can work collectively instead of this group and this group all doing the same thing and then crossing paths. Because right. again, for me, making sure this is the community event, the community process, the community solution is going to be key. So a lot of what I've been doing, like you said, is going out, meeting lots of people. I've had, I've had a lunch meeting every single week, but today, or every single day, but today, <laughs> uh, my wife's not happy with my pants right now. <laughs> but a lot of it though, is also what I'm doing is really kind of taking the inventory of what, what services are out there and what truly are the needs. Uh, the health department conducted the survey, the mental health and substance abuse, or the mental health needs assessment back in November. Mm -hmm. Based on that data, we had five directives created. So what I've been starting off is seeing, well, how accurate are those five directives at this point? Have we already addressed some of the issues that were identified? And if so, let's refocus our efforts. What are other unique options? I think the data, while it's a good, good uh, set of data to start with, it was primarily Western Summit County. We didn't have a lot of feedback from Eastern Summit County. So what I've been doing has been talking with individuals, surveying all the city leadership in the, on the east side. We're about to release some surveys to the teachers as well to get more, more data. And just already we're seeing that the needs, needs are very different from town to town. The needs in Colville are going to be very, are very different than what we're seeing in Camas. Or even Hennifer, I know you mentioned, yeah. which technically I think people lump the North Summit School District together. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing being a resident of the East Side that surprised me is just the different needs between even the smaller communities within mm -hmm. the school district. Yeah, and one area too we're seeing a, a really large difference with that is Francis and Camus. And I think what's interesting is Camus, when we're looking at their needs, um, well, people probably don't want me saying this, it's norming and becoming very much more similar to the needs of Park City. Um, still very, very different communities, very different. Um, but regarding everything. this, yeah, issue, this yeah. issue, similarities. Exactly. So that's a big part of what I've been doing. And then all of that leads to developing a strategic plan for the county and how are we going to handle mental health and substance abuse. One big part of that is not just looking at what are the, the needs of the community, but now what are the solutions. One of the biggest things we're trying to deal with right now, and it's not just Summit County, it's the whole state, is we've got good services for someone in crisis and we have good treatment opportunities. The problem is we have upwards to four to five months gap between crisis to service. So how can we, what can we do to fill that gap at this point? What's nice is the state of Utah is committed. They recognize this problem in this past legislative session now. They've passed a $10,000 yearly incentive for any healthcare worker to come and practice in uh, Utah. And this is in perpetuity for them. As long as they're in Utah, they get this extra $10,000. I can't remember if it was just a tax break or a lump sum of the, or how they do it. I have to reread the legislation. But that, again, that shows we're in dire needs here. So we've talked about some of the stuff leading up and some of the stuff that you're working to coordinate and put together now, but just kind of laying things out, where's the process at right now and what can people expect between now, which is May 2017, whenever you may be listening this, through August of 2017? The goal is by late July, early August, we'll actually have the strategic plan put together and we'll be rolling out to the county council and to the different agencies 
to really start the commitment to moving forward with it. Before that, we'll have some preliminary presentations for feedback from the public, from the different people at the table, organizations, and also at that time, really make sure people understand how they can best benefit and how they can be part of that plan. So how do our nonprofits engage in being that supportive element? And what are areas of this plan that you know what? It makes a lot more sense for Connect to take the lead and do this aspect versus the health department, where does it make more sense for the health department to go into these aspects? Mm -hmm. After that, it's really beginning to see, well, it's really about getting the plan moving. So we have another uh, program happening called Communities That Care. That's gonna be part of all of this. And so the, you'll see them having more of a presence in the schools. But it's, I love how it's been described. The The program, I'm, I'm the plan we're working on is part of what's called the Summit County Mental Wellness Alliance. And the strategic plan's kind of at the top part of the umbrella, if you will, it's that pointy part. Mm -hmm. And then you have all the other people at the table under the umbrella. And you have Communities That Care under that, you have Connect under that. And so guiding their efforts to really meet all these specific needs. Right now, I can't really say exactly what they are. We're still in that collecting of data and establishing them. But a few that definitely will be out there is how do we improve awareness and programming in our schools? How do we improve access to services? One thing that Connect's been working on, and uh, we're helping to provide some of the data on this as well, is a one-site, one-stop shop where you can actually find the services. One of the biggest problems that got all of this working, um, happening, is no one knew where to go if you had someone with substance abuse or you had someone in that mental crisis. And that was one of the things I heard over and over. And what really illustrates that point, and I can share this, myself and several other members involved on the steering committee, since this process has really gone public and we've been out there, we've had people contacting us in crisis, wanting to know what to do. Not calling 911, not calling a service provider, but calling us because they saw us in the paper, they saw us mm -hmm. and heard us on the radio. And that really illustrates the need that people just aren't aware, A, of what we have, or B, what to do when you have someone in that crisis. So. And kind of begs the question, you know, what did they do before this process was even started, which is kind of a scary thought. Exactly. So what do you see the, some of the, we've talked about where things are going. What do you see from your short time here, the biggest challenges that this initiative faces, and also maybe some unique challenges to mental health and substance abuse unique to Summit County? I think overall, one of the biggest challenges is going to be we're specifically when we're talking about mental health is the stigma associated with it. It's still something that it's very taboo for most people to talk about. Whether they're afraid if they talk about they've just outed someone in their family and they're supposed to be the perfect family or... Back to that whole social media thing where you exactly. don't have problems, right? Exactly. Or it's just they're not aware, aware enough to recognize the signs and they don't want to ask anyone because they're just afraid of that being judged. And there's a whole bunch of other things that lead to why something is a stigma. So helping to, I think that's gonna be a, a large challenge for us. And really making sure that this remains a community focus, a county focus. So it's not just one side of the county versus the other side. We really all have to come together at the table to come forward with these solutions. I think another one just is gonna be common is funding trying to find the funding that we need to do because we're not alone in trying to address this crisis. I was talking with the Davis County Health Department, picking their minds on a few things. They only have 127 providers for mental health up in Davis County. Mm -hmm. Of that, they only have four psychiatrists. When you consider 
Now, psychiatrists are not there for the treatment, they're for the medical treatment of uh, the, the medication. But for a county as large as they are... Four it, people are stretched pretty thin. They are. So we're, we're, com we're competing for funds that all the other counties here, and really all across the country, are fighting for to help improve mental health. Right. So, ideal scenario, looking forward 10 years into the future, and I'm going to steal one of your answers. You've said in a couple interviews that the perfect scenario is that your position's no longer needed, so I'm going to make it a little harder for you because you can't say that. But ideally, where do you see mental health and substance abuse services in Summit County 10 years from now? Well, I think the first part is really looking at as they're accessible to the public. They're easy to find, easy to reach out to, and it's not going to be the, the where's Waldo that it kind of is right now. And I think with that, we're, we're looking also as what's our full continuance of care? Are we really providing all the services in Summit County that our people need to live healthy, stable lives? Whether, it, again, from the alcohol, drug treatment, and mental health perspective. Other part with that is, do we have the resources now created and established in our community to respond to those crisis situations? So that when someone is in a mental health crisis, they don't just have to call the police over. They can call either number 911 or some, something at some point and have a team of people trained in dealing with those issues be able to respond to the situation. And I think also is just making sure that we're continuing on with this and this remains a community issue and something that the community remains committed to moving forward. I think all of this is going to be great that we put together, but if we can't keep people at the table, we can't keep the conversation happening, we lose that sustainability. So creating something that's just able to grow and respond to the needs, because quite frankly, in 10 years, we're going to have a whole different set of mental health and substance abuse issues that right. we're going to be looking yep. on. It's not that we're just going to come in, oh, we've solved it all right now. We're done. We're disbanded. Right. It's going to have to be that continue ongoing evaluation. Okay. So if you had one message for the public just in closing, what would it be? I think real, for me, one thing I would hope everyone was aware of, when we're talking about mental health and substance abuse, there is hope. It's not this dark cloud that you shouldn't talk about that there's no answers to. We're seeing more and more, again, specifically with Summit County, that by coming together and working as a community, we can handle this, we can deal with this, we can find those unique creative solutions to Summit County. It's not putting our heads in the sand. It's coming together, identifying what's unique about each of our areas, but then accepting that uniqueness of each area, but working as the community to say, you know what, while that may, may not be a concern for us, here's some of the resources we know that can help with that, and then vice versa. Well, you've got this issue, we've got experience with this, let's share with that, and keeps it going. So, mental health substance abuse, there are solutions to it. They're gonna to have to be ongoing. There's no silver bullet that just stops it instantly, mm -hmm. but keeping the public aware that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. The tunnel may just regenerate over and over. But there's, there's always a light, a light right? Yeah. Lauren, thank you so much for stopping by and wish you the best of luck with everything we have moving forward. If people want to learn more on what we're currently doing, go to summitcountyhealth.org slash mental health. There you can learn about all of our different partners and the things we're doing. We're really working to flesh that out. You'll also be able to keep up on kind of the latest work that the Mental Wellness Alliance is onto as well. Thanks again, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County.